Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Everybody, this is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, I am away from my normal home studio in Anaheim, California. Don't worry, people. We're not we're, we're social distancing in Anaheim in in a home. So I know I know some folks were worried. Isn't SoCal like really bad area for mm-hmm. COVID? Like, don't worry. We I, I've been out one time to get some groceries and to get some uh, to get some uh, coffee and. And that was it. We've just been in the house all, all the time or in the pool. So we're good. But um, yeah, we've just been on a little bit of a vacation here. Going to head back to the Bay Area uh, in the morning. But uh, we still had to do our show. Wanted to make sure that we still got it up. I made sure to watch everything that we're going to talk about while uh, while hanging out with the fam. But uh, how's it going on your side? Uh, going, going pretty good. You know, we're just trying to get this. Uh, we're doing little landscaping in the backyard you're trying to figure all that out so getting quotes you know and that's been fun (laughs) and stressful actually so what are you guys actually going to do ah we want to put the fake grass in and um mason cement work done so yeah interesting yeah i know i know it's it's been uh it's been an event things are a lot higher than we thought but you know there's a budget and and hiring the the right contractor is is a tough one too because you know contractors some work for different prices and yeah you just gotta you just gotta you just gotta do your due diligence when you yeah, uh, hire I, somebody. We think we know who we want to go with the lawn. It's just the the concrete work, which that would be the easiest. Uh, the picking has been a little bit difficult, but I think I think we might have to scale back a little bit and kind of do stuff in the future and just kind of get certain things done. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been focused on lately. All right. So we're going to hit a couple of things here tonight. Uh, we're going to do our normal AW NXT reviews. Uh, but I guess the thing that is probably the most interesting thing that happened this week is WWE decided to uh, add a new idea for Raw. And it was funny because when I first heard what was going on, someone had said are, that they're gonna they're thinking about bringing back Brawl for All. I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. That's, that I saw. Like, I saw that too. Yeah, sounds like the worst idea in the history of the world. And so yeah. they didn't bring back Brawl for All, but they did bring back Raw. Well, they did bring Raw Underground, which is uh, sort of like a an old school pit fighting segment. Uh, I, I watched some of the stuff on YouTube. I did not watch Raw, so I didn't see the, sort of in, in the context. But, 
Man, what I saw was very underwhelming. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it helped them. It helped their ratings for this week. You know, their their uh, their younger demo was 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 up, uh, and so they seem to be somewhat interested. But to me, and and I want to ask you what you thought in a second. But to me, when they introduce these segments and they introduce these new things, I feel like if I buy into them and I start paying attention, mm-hmm. it's only going to be uh, my own faults. Like you know. Screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, shame on me. Because it's it, 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 like every time I buy into something, like three weeks later, it's gone, and they forget about it themselves. So, I, I'm like, my thought is this: this segment is going to be gone in four weeks. So, why am I going to buy into it? And look, if it if it is a winner, and it is a people are coming back to watch the show because of it. I don't, I mean, I I can't imagine how, but if it is. And if they stick with it for four weeks and, and it is a segment that all of a sudden becomes part of the game, then maybe, you know, then then I'll give it a chance. But I just feel like, man, I don't I, I don't want to even bother trying to get sucked into something that is going to disappear in a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I first I saw I, I didn't watch. I saw clips um, and I apologize. I didn't stick around and watch the whole thing. And so I can't get my 100 percent full review. I just I don't like the concept of. uh you know, oh, this, this is this is real, but everything else is fake. Kind of, you know, that situation. Like yeah. what what Shane's doing. The only thing I'm happy about is that Shane McMahon finally got his MMA promotion. So I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty happy with about that for him personally. A little personal thing for him, but um, but yeah, I'm just not into it. I mean, if they can build a star out of it, like I saw a clip of uh, he used to be called uh, Bobby Tunde, but I think yeah. he's Bobby Kato or something now. And he looked impressive. They can use it to build a star out of it, a new star, uh, maybe. But I'm like you. I, I, I don't have faith that this is going to last past four weeks. And I think it might be something to give up on. But I hope not. You know, I hope it's a success. And I hope it's – if they can make it work with what they're doing. You know what I think they should do? You know, I think they were kind of on a right track in a way. Instead of doing like a mixed martial arts thing or a pit fighting thing, whatever you want to call it. They should just do shotgun Saturday night, but the last hour of Raw. You know, mm-hmm. make it edgier, make it more risque for that hour, that last hour, because it's the late hour, right? Yep. And then you have Raw will go back to technically two hours, but really mm-hmm. it's three hours. You're just using that third that third hour as shotgun Saturday night esque. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad idea, and I mean you're gonna have to do something like you said, slightly more risque. They, I'm sure they don't want to necessarily do that because of what they what they promised their ad, uh, advertisers. But if you do dial it up slightly, uh, you will get younger viewers to stick around or maybe just tune in for that last mm-hmm. hour yeah. because there's always going to be that, uh, you know, that interest there. And, um, you know, I... I think the the only thing that stops an idea like that from working is just that you're the guy who's doing the first two hours of the show is going to be doing the last hour of the show. And so it's still going to be in the same model and blueprint of raw. And I think that could be a problem. But like, you know, if they decided to, I don't know who the who the hotshot writer is right now. Obviously, it's not Pritchard. He's going to be he's going to do stuff that Vince likes. But if there is somebody who's a little bit younger and or maybe a few people who are younger and you and you give them a little bit of leeway and you say, hey, you know, for this last hour, 
you know, let, let's dial it up a little bit. And, and, you know, then, you know, you bring in some, some younger wrestlers or something. I think that could be pretty interesting. Now, again, the fact that they give up on things so quickly, I don't know if, you know, that that could be another thing that, that they would just give up on. And then, you know, yeah. we not, not, not well, a lot for us to, to talk about. You can just look at the history of shotgun Saturday night, right? Like the first, what? few oh, well, maybe about four or five weeks right they were it was kind of you know edgy and stuff and all of a sudden it just came like a standard show so yeah yeah, yeah i could see that happening too i don't know i just kind of just that's what first thing that kind of stood out to me when i saw raw underground i thought that man they kind of missed the only thing i liked about raw underground was seeing my buddy tom caster as a fan bumping up the ring <laughs> oh i didn't even notice yeah that. yeah he was great he did a great job <laughs> Uh, okay, so the thing that I wanted to ask you about, because there there is something relating to this that you did uh, as a booker yourself, which you didn't you didn't sort of say that, you know, oh, now we're going to have MMA fighting on my show. But you did do uh, more of a grappling tournament mm-hmm. for your show. And how did you th- how did you think that through knowing that, you know, I mean, your style was a very serious style, but not every match was this heavy grappling, like, you know, tight, everything was tight. You know, you did have, you know, you had some high flying matches and stuff early on. But like when you were thinking that through, like, did you worry that, you know, we're telling you this is going to be really important and I don't want them to think think that this other stuff that we're doing is not important? Well, no, I, I, I. I had it to where it was a, th- a three-man tournament around Robin Deal, and it was three of our very best. Right? It was Jeff Cobb, Joe Graves, Timothy Thatcher. Like, who can argue with that? You know, trio there. Yes, the for- same Timothy Thatcher who is on NXT right now. Yes, and you know, and Jeff Cobb, you know, and you know, New Japan star, etc. And so, so you know. Their style complements each other really well. And it's also, you know, it was building towards, you know, the win of the tournament was definitely going to get a title shot in the future, et cetera. So it still fit within Premiere. I wasn't worried about, like, oh, this is going to be more realistic than the other. It was just, I knew those three guys' styles would mesh well. And, and you know, they had a really, that was a really fun event. And people still want, you know, still talk about it, which is pretty cool. And, and there, w- there was, um, was there a different rule set that like we just had was, rounds? We just had rounds yeah. for that. Yeah, it's more of a European style. You know that it just that just, made, just made it a little special, a little different, a little a little hook. You know to get people to buy into it and and those guys delivered. I mean, I mean, I, can, I could probably have those guys do anything and they would deliver. They're just so talented, but uh, but yeah, yeah. But I wasn't worried about you know confusing the fans like oh this is more realistic or compared to anything because everything else was pretty you know realistic straight on or hard hitting and you know that's one thing that our promotion did is make, make people respect the wrestling business again I, I think and when it comes to something like raw underground the other thing that and and this is again my bad because i didn't watch the show but you know w- what's the end to the means you know mm-hmm. you just mentioned in your tournament that there was a title shot opportunity that one would get after you know if they won the tournament here, I, I couldn't tell. I mean, are, are they trying to do like their own small promotion? Uh, is it, you know, are they trying to make a star? Well, um, didn't um, the the new group, uh, the Hurt Business, the Hurt Business, MVP, Lashley, Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin um, show up right towards the end, yep. I believe. So uh, Lashley mean, knocked some dude out. So I'm guessing it might be a vehicle to. You get obviously get that group over, but maybe 
get Lashley over more as a killer, but we already seen that a couple months ago, you know. Yeah, so yeah. and he lost, and and I don't know. It, like like I said, it was for a guy like Bobby Tunde who was like new and fresh, and you know, if you don't, you know, if you probably people have only seen him maybe on Evolve shows, right, or something like that. But like you know, he hasn't really he hasn't been on NXT. Um, if he has, it was not, wasn't for a very long time ago. And then, uh, you know, then something like that, you can get over like, Oh shoot, this new monster is just killing fools on this raw underground. What's going to happen when he shows up the main roster and he's challenging Drew McIntyre for the title or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So let's quickly, uh, before we get to our AEW and NXT stuff, let's talk about, uh, our friends at bet online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. How much baseball have you been watching, John? Just the Giants games, which I've been just completely frustrated with. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's like three kids watching baseball is totally different than a couple years ago. Now I'm like, I'm catching innings now. It's yeah, not bad. This yeah, is, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm jumping back in. What's going on now? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, All right. Totally. Oh, what the hell? Who gave up what? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what's been. Totally. So uh, Major League Baseball is here, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners at BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory, a.k.a. Big Shot Bob. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Okay, so before we get to AEW, the one thing I forgot to mention is that I promised on the last show that our schedule with the Rocky podcast was going to continue, even though I was not going to be home. It was all ready to go set. I had it ready to, to publish on our normal Tuesday night, Wednesday morning time frame. And my partner, Duan, sent me a note uh, on Tuesday saying, hey, there's kind of, you know, the, there's something that we need to fix in the show. He had actually listened to it back, and I guess we had got a, a certain bit of information wrong, or you know, not not quite, not quite correct. And so he wanted to uh, to withhold it. And I was like, oh, like you know, we we're we're in, a, we're in a good role with that show. But honestly, like the reason why that show works is because Dune and I, you know, do a lot of research for it. So I was like, you know what, you're right. We'll withhold it. We'll fix it, and then. We'll finish out the series uh, four weeks in a row. Uh, we, we won't. We will not skip a week for the next four weeks. So we have Rocky Balboa, Creed, Creed Two, and then our epilogue. But so apologies. I know I had mentioned on Monday that everything was going to be scheduled, but that's why uh, it didn't go up. So, but it'll go up uh, uh, this coming Tuesday, and everything will be back to to normal. So uh, I was kind of bummed about that, but you know, doing doing was right. You know. Part of what, the reason why uh, it's good is because the information is is good. So we we you know he found that he you know I mean he listened to he listened back to it like that's how into it that he is. So yeah, well, well now I can re- resubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> just joking, just joking. Okay, so which show do you want to start with tonight? You pick, man. You pick. They're, well, we've been, we've they're been both go- interesting and fun and, and all that. So so we've been going, I think we did AEW first the last couple of weeks. So let, let's start with NXT. 
the one hour version of this show was just so solid with everything. And I'll tell you from up top what I saw. So I got to see the three-way. Um, I got to see the Rhea and Dakota Kai match. I got to see the Keith Lee, Cameron Grimes match. And then I got to see the main event. So four good matches, like nothing, nothing was, was wasteful in, in, in that hour. And so, you know, this was a really fun hour of television for me to watch. I wonder if how much was edited out too, because to fit all that in an hour, I wonder. But anyway, you know, it's funny. I was going to text you and I forgot because I've been so just busy. But I was going to shoot you a quick text like, dude, if you can fit in the two hour show, you know, you should watch it because I thought this was NXT's best two hours, you know, two just best show Wednesday night show in a, in a very long time from start to finish. I, it was uh, it made me it made me happy to be the fan of pro wrestling. It's just uh, it gave me the, the feels again, at least. At least I'm excited about TakeOver coming up, and I think the build has been really really nice for that show. So, I mean, we could start at the top. Um, I really like the three-way. Like, oh. the, the fact that, you know, it, it's pretty clear that Damian Priest is the guy who they want in that match, and I think he's the right guy. Oni Lorcan is there because uh, he's really good. And then they have this young... This young, uh, you know, mini mini Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. uh, Ridge, who's awesome and th- has these amazing suplexes and throws and gets these really great uh, spots, in, you know, just to do his stuff. That is like the perfect mix of of everyone, you know, being great in the match, and then obviously, you know, Damian Priest is the one that they want to to go to that match, and he looked yeah. great too. Yeah, no, this match was. I was so happy because I'm a big, big Ridge Holland guy. I've been behind him since, uh, you know, seeing him debut on NXT UK. Um, he's still very young in the business, obviously, but he's like passionate and hungry for this business. And he's a future star. Uh, he's a, he's my breakout star of 2020 before COVID-19 hit. Like that's mm-hmm. what I was, I think I tweeted out actually in January. I was like, you know, make sure you watch this guy. Um, and he's something special and they're definitely very high on him. Um, this was a showcase for him. He didn't need to win. He just needed to look impressive and and stand out. And he did. Um, I thought this was a really good match and I'm not a, you know, you know me, I'm not a big three way, you know, match guy. I just, I, there's probably a handful I actually really like, and this is one I do, one I did like, um, um, I thought, you know, Priest is really good. He's he's so good. I mean, I, he really stands out. He's very charismatic. He he looks like someone, you know. You 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 pay attention when he walks into the walks into the ring. Mm-hmm. And you have Oni Lorcan there because he's the guy that's going to keep everything together, keep the match going. He's the general. And I thought they I thought they had a hell of a match. It wasn't my number one like, but um, it's right number my number two. So uh, I also really liked. More than the match, Rhea and Dakota Kai, I like Mercedes Martinez in that role mm-hmm. with Rhea because I don't know if you remember this, but when we first talked about uh, Rhea winning that title, I had said that you know p- part of what I worry about with her being the champion is most of her uh, contenders are going to be much smaller than her. So the way that she sells is going to be interesting. Yeah. But Mercedes Martinez is like almost as big as Rhea is, and she's legitimately a beast. And I think that is such a believable uh, feud for for both of them. You know, it's going to be great for Rhea because you know Martinez has been around for a long time, and she's legitimate. You know, she 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 can 
go in there with Rhea and you you look at both of them and you go, okay, like this is a fight. This is believable. You know, Rhea's not towering over her. And, you know, Rhea can be a, ba- a, a, a baby face here in, in the way that, uh, you know, that I was worried that it, it might not be so easy with some other, other contenders. Yeah, it's going to be a it's a it's a good match. It's a big match, you know, coming up for Rhea. And I really liked what they did here. Just the story of itself with Rhea and Robert Stone brand, that thing, which a lot of people were like, oh, it's just it's a waste. There's this or this is just her feeling some time, you know, if they find something to do for her. But look how look how it just came around to this moment. But, but there was also something of how kind of idiotic it was at the same time like if it wasn't as silly i think you know maybe people give it a little bit of a benefit of the doubt but i mean i thought the same way which is you know why is Rhea even like goofing with these folks and the payoff is fine yeah um i, I like the payoff but there it was just like so so goofy to kind of get get into it yeah that's it's in it and it adds the heat though it has the heat because people are so irritated with robert stone and all that kind of stuff and then now it comes right back to her boom and but now he has you know, a big gun, right? Now he has Mercedes Martinez in his stable. And I really like just that, just that little, I don't know if you even saw, if they even put on the Hulu version, but there was a version of, you know, Mercedes was walking with Robert Stone mm-hmm. and Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was, I really liked that little, the little promo. It was, it was quick, but effective. Um, but this match, I mean, Dakota, I'll never forget this match and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, but the match itself was really good. Dakota is fantastic. They have just awesome chemistry. This could be a rivalry, I think, for the future um, between these two women. They really brought it. And they and Dakota, you know, brought the intensity too. Like she, you know, and they were physical. And yeah, I thought this match was a, was a home run. So the reason why it's not on my, um, you know, top three i did think it got better but in the beginning they were kind of off with their striking like there was a a a segment in the corner where dakota kai um was supposed to move out of the way of aria slapping her in the face they did this thing eventually when i figured out what they were doing that you know they were countering each other's moves by evading the moves Mm -hmm. and i think dakota forgot to move out so she kind of got and and so Rhea was about to slap her and then she saw that she wasn't moving so she kind of had to pull it a little bit and then there was other stuff after that with just striking where they didn't they were not sort of in sync and that's the only thing that took it away from me from not being in the top three but otherwise the way that it the the way that it 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 flowed after that and and sort of the, the finish I, th- I thought it totally worked. Yeah, I thought some of the rough spots kind of add to the realism of it. That's why I liked it. And I liked the finish. The finish was really well done. Um, and the reason why I'll never forget this matchup because, you know, we look at it and we're, we, we're in our little wrestling bubble. and we, we critique it and probably overly critique it, obviously. But, like, when you're watching it with a five-year-old little girl who just loves Rhea Ripley and she is, like, into it. But then her comments are hilarious. Like right away, you know, Rhea Ripley, new look, blonde hair, right? And she, you know, Chloe, my daughter, she's only five. She goes, Daddy, I like her blonde hair, but I like it darker. <laughs> okay. And then, and then halfway through, Daddy, has Rhea won yet? I was like, that's still going at it, baby. They're still going at it. And then I go, and then she realizes the match is long. So this match is, this match is going very long. That's what she said. <laughs> And then, but the, but but I was not prepared for this when Mercedes Martinez came out and kicked her in the head, and Dakota Kai won. She cried. Oh wow! 
she was very upset. She ran to the other room. Did, can, I couldn't console her for a while. And I was like, oh, man, I feel so bad. I had her watch that, right? Because I didn't want her to see her cry. And, but then but then I was like also proud because the wrestling result really brought out some emotion, you know, like that. And and just, just which I thought was really cool. So I, but I talked to her and I explained to her that, you know, those they, those people cheated and Rhea got cheated, but don't worry. She's going to work hard. She's going to fight. She's going to get them. She's going to get revenge on him. She's going to, you know, you know, all that stuff. And so it kind of calmed her down, but, uh, she was pretty, pretty upset. So I'll never forget this matchup just for that, that moment there. All right. What about, what about another one for you before I give you my last one? Sure. Um, we already covered two of them, obviously. Um, um, I, we're going to talk about this now, probably, I'm sure, the the McAfee-Cole angle. I personally liked it. I thought it was... I knew something was happening. I just didn't know what it was. And um, I thought it was well done, all in all. I thought it was uh, what they needed to end the show. I thought it was a nice hook for next week and see where it's going to go. And then, you know, build it to... I always thought, because we knew that they're going to build to a match, right? After the, the angle they shot on their show... I just didn't realize, you know, I didn't think it was going to be as intense as this was. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I was sort of in the middle on it. And when I, when I read what happened, um, I was negative on it because I was just like, man, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the part of the angle that I don't like, which is <clears throat> McAfee. He is a, uh, commentator, right? Former NFL player mm-hmm. but he was a punter so you know m- m- people think about football and they think about the kicker or the punter and they go okay like they're not really football players they are specialists and so he's a big guy though he's like six four or something like that and so um he is so annoying on wwe tv that i was like oh god you know we're gonna see this guy now the fact that they put him with Adam Cole, I thought was really interesting because Adam Cole is so small by comparison. Mm-hmm. And so thinking like everything that Vince McMahon has taught me about wrestling, I'm just like, okay, like why is he not protecting or why are why is Triple H not protecting Adam Cole here? Like obviously Adam Cole is one of their 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 guys. So why are why are they basically telling everybody who watches this stuff that Adam Cole is a tiny man. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I was really negative on it for that reason. And so when I heard about all the stuff that had happened on the show, I was like, ah, this, I can't, you know, th- this thing is they're What are they trying to bury Adam Cole? Then when I watched it, I thought McAfee did a great job. The best part of this thing to me was Beth Phoenix saying, I'm out of here. Like you're just so disrespectful. I'm out of here. Like that 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 dialed it up for me a little bit more. The punt was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great looking kick. And but perfect because Adam Cole's being held back. So he's helpful. You know, he can't defend himself at that moment. And, right. and and the heel takes advantage and kicks him in the head and he that great sell, you know, to the floor. There's a mat there, but shoot, you know, it's black and barely can anyone can see it. But damn, he the way he, his face goes right into the mat was so that just perfect. Now, here's the part I didn't like, which is Adam Cole, his, so supposedly they had had a conversation, came to bury the hatchet. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be, you know, they're, the, the Adam Cole 
sort of erupted, you know, on on the McAfee show. And so, you know, kind of, okay, done deal. Adam Cole's whole reason for getting pissed at this dude was for him calling him small again. And that's the part that I didn't like because if Adam Cole's babyface, the fact that he's whining about this guy calling him small, I don't really feel is a reason to get as enraged as he did. It felt like a little over the top for what the insult was. Like he didn't like boot his girlfriend. He didn't like, you know, talk about his mother, like just stuff that WWE has done in the past that I was thinking of. It was literally because Pat McAfee, the six, five guy was like, you're small. And I think he said something about, you know, maybe his, the, 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 the undisputed era helped carried him or helped him or whatever. And so like, I I thought everything that like the, the whole, what happened, all that was fine. I just don't understand why Adam Cole's so mad. Like I did, I didn't like that. Was just like, okay, you're the baby face. Why are you so angry at this guy? Like he didn't like now. If he punted Adam Cole and then Adam Cole got pissed, I t- completely get it and I'm into it. But I just didn't feel like there was a reason for him to even be mad. Well, what what we would think would be a better solution? Do you think what would have been something that would have they should have played on to get to this point? I I if if Pat McAfee if his whole reason for saying the stu- the things that he did was because he wanted Adam Cole in the ring and he booted him you know sort of out of you know w- with Adam Cole like not even you know thinking that they were friends and they shook hands and like you know what water under the bridge we're good mm-hmm. and then he turns around and boom and and does it that way? Then next week I'm like Adam Cole. I want you to kick his ass so bad. Mm-hmm. But just that was that that part was missing for me. Yeah, I think a lot of people. But you know, Adam Cole technically yet yeah, this is his baby face turn. This is the undisputed era's baby face turn. I know that's why I didn't want him to be so whiny. It was like a whole like sticks well, and stones moment. I mean the original. I mean I didn't. You know I didn't really watch the whole video. The original argument on the the McAfee uh, the McAfee show with. But I, I didn't either. And you know why? The same reason. We say on AW, BET doesn't really count. That's yeah. that's why I didn't even watch it because I'm like they're going to explain it on TV because they're they're really good at that, and so I didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, and the gist of the same stuff, right? He was talking about Adam Cole being, you know, the undisputed era helping him out, and you know, um, his his size, which you know, I mean, and at Adam Cole, if you look at him, his perspective is like, man, you're bagging me on that. But you don't. You're, you're disrespecting my accomplishments, right? Of all what I've done in this business, what I've done in NXT, etc. And then I, th- what I liked about his setup, I liked the setup a lot. Like he, 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 they did like a quick little. Oh, there's Barry Hatchet, which I, I thought was like interesting. I'm like, oh, that's that's weird. You know, I thought they were gonna do something else, or I thought there'd be some kind of like interview segment with them. But I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of weird. You know, like just like a little tweet and a little message. But then I liked how they brought him out. The match before, which was, which you didn't see. Tegan, which, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tegan, Tegan match. match with uh, Indy Hartwell. And he called it straight down the middle. He's, uh, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, you know, it's all good, you know, this and that. And he said a couple things like, yeah, you know, I think someone mentioned, like, might have been Todd Phillips. Like, were you upset that he, you know, he didn't really 
say sorry to you directly, you know, or he's like, yeah, or, you know, you know, he didn't mention my producer's name who showed, but whatever, you know, we're cool, we're cool, we're cool. And then all of a sudden, like, he starts slowly throwing these, 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 these digs in, these digs in. And I, and it was funny, I'm like, I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, can Adam Cole really hear him? <laughs> yeah. From that that's distance. Another, that, that, that's also but another thing. that was like the big, oh shoot, right? Like, here comes Adam Cole, like, looking over. And then we're like, you're just trying to figure out, does this really hear him? What's going on? But then Todd Phillips does mention, like, he could probably hear you, you know, from where you're at. And then all of a sudden, Uncle comes to this, you're like, dude, I can hear what you're saying. And after what we did, now you're going to do this again. But then it just kind of erupts again. I thought it was really good. I thought Triple H was really good. Um, I thought the chaos was really good. I thought everyone was uh, really believable there. Triple H was believable. Um, of course, he's such a good worker. But, like, he, he, like, you know, I just wish there was a little more... I know it's for the cameras because you want to show Pat McAfee leaving. I know the referees, you know, uh, Daryl and um, Drake Younger, you know, were there ushering him out. But, like, I want to see a little more security kind of get him the hell out of there, you know, kind of thing. But but other than that, I thought, I thought it was a an A+. Plus. I thought, like I said, I thought the show from top to bottom was really good. Um, a lot of my dislikes are going to be stuff that you didn't see. So, yeah, um, it was, which wasn't ma- anything major. It was mostly minor stuff. So my last like was uh, in the Grimes and um, Keith Lee match. Uh, Grimes takes the fucking greatest bump off of the spirit bomb. <laughs> I was just like, this dude is so good. And, uh, you know, I mean, the match was fine. It, it was, you know, that was really it, good. It, was, it, it was a good match. But just the way that he took that bump to finish it, it just looked like Keith Lee is the biggest, strongest, baddest dude in the world based on the way that Grimes took that bump. God, he kind of does that with everyone. I mean, he gets that impact on that, you know. It's like because like, he jumps up too and like his weight hits the mat. So, you know, it's the, the effect of not just Grimes bumping, but it's also Lee, you know, his weight hitting the mat and the ring bounces oh, yeah. and everyone bounces. It's just a great looking move. And sometimes I think it's more impressive than his... Uh, it, his jackhammer, mm-hmm. but which was also a very awesome move too. Um, I thought this match was really good. I I was like thinking like at first I was a little like, man, I hope they don't really just destroy Grimes here because in the way that was feeling, I was feeling it like you know Keith Lee's just on a rage and he's gonna just destroy Grimes and be on his way to what's next with Carrying Cross. But they ha- they they really protected Grimes here, meaning they they really gave him a lot. Um, I thought they had some a really good back and forth match. Um, Grimes is so underrated, um, and I think I think he's one of the best wrestlers out there. Really, if you know, he's just a and he's a great heel too because you just want to beat the cap crap out of him. And like, no matter if when he if he wins or loses, he's still talking trash like he's the greatest ever. Um, so yeah, this was really well done too. Um, and I'll just pop into my dislike right now. The only thing I disliked about this was the carrying cross part of it just the visual because it was i didn't i couldn't figure out who he had in a choke right i couldn't figure out who he was like choking out and and, and threw down carrying cross was telling like he's you know this is on you and i'm causing destruction and i didn't realize it was danny birch right mm. so and that's gonna lead into their singles match next week but i just wish it was a little clearer you know that's i thought that was uh Thought that was that needed a little improvement, and other than that, I thought I thought it was uh, a, a really well done overall segment. All right, before we get to my dislikes, uh, Deal Dash. 
Uh, John, have you ever heard of Deal Dash? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. And here's how it works. It's like an auction. I think everyone understands how an auction works. But every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. And if you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners of the Fight Game Podcast an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. So go to dealdash.com and use the offer code FIGHTGAME or dealdash.fm front slash FIGHTGAME. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M front slash F-I-G-H-T-G-A-M-E. Okay, so for my dislikes, uh, I think... The you know the the Adam Cole thing that part of the Adam Cole uh, and and Pat McAfee angle I already I already explained why I didn't like it. The other the only other thing and and I'm not exactly sure what the reason is, but the five way uh, North American title match with pulling Dexter Loomis out and then giving Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor a chance like I don't know if that was designed that way or what happened, but it's like super wonky to me. Like, it's like so confusing. Like, I had to read um, a report on, uh, I think it was on F4W, that basically explained the whole thing. Because when I was watching it, I didn't really understand what was going on. Uh, yeah, so sometimes those audios on William Regal's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Zoom Zoom uh, meetings uh, doesn't really come clear or it's not as perfect. But, and, I was a little confused too. I just thought, okay, the the you know the people that weren't pinned were going to be in a match that's going to be like the last seed of the you know was like the second chance to get into that ladder match. Yeah. But then they then they broke it up into two singles matches, which I get. You get like I get. There's probably they're thinking of this now. They're getting two really good matches to fill these next couple mm-hmm. of weeks, which you know I get. Um, but yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit confusing. I agree with that. I agree with that. And um, yeah, sounds like Dex Loomis has. I guess he has some. Uh, I guess an injury. Or so is that injury? so? You, that's legit then. I maybe. But yeah, that's that was interesting too. I was, I didn't see if he got hurt then. But maybe they're just using a storyline. Maybe they maybe he's going to be involved somehow in the finish of the, of the ladder match. I'm not sure. And but there, I guess so. It's uh, it's Gargano and Balor. Oh, and wow. then yeah. Um, actually, I don't know if that's the match, but those they're they're in it, and then they said that there's um, a secret person in it that they haven't named yet. But they're they, in there's the, another. There's a third person, right? Uh, not that Thatcher. Who didn't lose? Uh, Ridge oh, Holland didn't lose. Yeah, it's Holland. Yeah. Oh God, geez, don't don't make him lose. Um, <laughs> um, so Ridge will probably wrestle whoever in that next three way with it's with Kushida, Cameron Grimes. And a mystery guy. So whoever does not get pinned or submitted in that three-way next week will face one of those three guys. I'm kind of hoping we get Gargano Balor too. Personally. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because they had such a, a classic at the TakeOver show in uh, Seattle. Was there any other dislikes on your end? Because yeah. those were the only two for me. Yeah, you it wasn't on your Hulu version, but uh, it, was a, it wasn't a bad segment. It was overall really good. It was... Uh, 
El Legado de Fantasma. Um, they beat up. I got a brawl with Brizongo, your favorite tag team. <laughs> and um, like they come out from the back, like with Fandango, and he's beat up, and they throw him in the ring, and and Fantasma or um God, what's his name now? Uh Santos Escobar, right? Mm-hmm. He uh he's he's such a charismatic guy, man. Yeah, take the mask off him, right? And really good delivery sound and he sounds like a badass um it just was really good but the only thing is that tyler breeze came out from the front from the entranceway and he's like fine and they end up you know getting a little brawl again and they but they end up beating him up too and laying leaving the boat laying to me i think you know two things one there was no officials, no referees, no one breaking this up when they're dragging Fandango into this, right? So, so there's no officials here, but they're later on they're, they're all over the place, right? In the main event, which I thought was was ridiculous. And then Brizango, uh, Brizango, um, Tyler Breeze comes out. You know, he looks like he wasn't beat up. He just comes out. I think he should have been like beat up and and like dragging himself to the ring to help their his buddy. But you know, he's obviously too hurt to even do anything, and they just still they, they kind of put the boots to him again and leave him laying, you know, as officials are trying to separate them all, you know, that kind of deal. So it's just a little minor stuff or not to me, it's not minor, but it's, you know, I thought they could have a little, fe- little more focus on that. I think they're probably mm-hmm. a little more focused on the main angle, but you know, I, other than that, I thought it was, uh, I thought they could have definitely tightened that up a little bit. Uh, and that was it. That was it. That was all, all the dislikes I had on two little things. Because, I, like I said, I thought this was overall um, one of their best show. I mean, um, I mean, Tegan and Indy Hardwell is probably the worst match just be on default just because, you know, they didn't have that much time and et cetera. But, um, you know, it, it did its role of, you know, getting Mac, Mac, Pat McAvee over, you know, get, get you thinking that everything's okay with him and he's just, you know, there's no more issues and he's just doing his normal thing on commentary that which he's done before. Okay, so let's move on to AEW and I will start with uh, one of my likes, which is a, a group that I have not been a fan of pretty much since the beginning, which is the Dark Order. And they were heavily involved in two of the matches and in the first match, which was the opener, mm-hmm. I thought Brody Lee finally felt like he was actually somebody on this show. Um, he got the win, but he was also, uh, you know, he, he also just, you know, looked really good in the match. And then in the Cody and Cardona tag, I felt myself rooting for the Dark Order to win that match oh. as I was watching the match. No. I was like, I, I, I'd rather, I want these guys to win the match. So to me, it was maybe the best showing of the Dark Order on AEW TV, obviously outside of uh, BTE or, or AW Dark or whatever. Like, I, I just, I just, I was like, okay, like these are, these guys are finally not just like goofball. Um, gimmicks to me, and and I actually liked the I actually liked the wrestling of of pretty much all of the members in in both those matches. Yeah, I mean, I didn't the opener I didn't like that much. It was better than last week, so that's probably my only positive I could kind of say it. I didn't like right off the bat didn't like the opening of that match. Like right off the bat, you have uh, you know Brody Lee, Brody Lee's in there, 
and he's this really big guy. But now he starts wrestling like the little guys. He's wrestling like everyone else in the match. He's doing, you know, springboards to the outside and flying through the air. It's like, dude, like, stand out differently. Like, everyone else is going to be doing that stuff. Be the big power guy. Like, that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a like, that's a problem that we've been talking about forever. And it's just like, that is never going to be... AEW's strong point, right? Like they just that, that like that is their style, which is you know everybody gets to do everything. Like we talked about Lucha uh, Luchasaurus last week. Like mm-hmm. you know it would be great if he could just do that, but you know it, like it's almost like trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Like what we fundamentally believe in, they're just like eh. Like we 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 do it a different way. And it's like, it's cool that he could do these kind of moves, but like, but there's 12 other dudes in this or 11 other dudes in this match that are going to do those kind of moves, right? Be different, stand out. I don't think he really stood out that much to me. I mean, he gave him the win, which they, which was fine. They, the dark order needed a big win. Um, so, but I don't know. I just wasn't, uh, that really threw him for a loop. And plus like, I, I just can't stand the tags, the tags, the tagging with no contact, which just drives me insane. Like they just tag, they cut tag in, and they tag their other partner to tag another partner. So they all can do a triple team or double team or yeah, they got 10, they got 10 seconds, man. But it's like, you have to make contact (laughs) first. That's the rules of professional wrestling, which, you know, no one gives a shit about anymore. So, well, we'll see because, uh, FTR says next week is, is a tag. What what did they call their tag team? Tag team. Appreciation night. So check this out. So including the 12 man tag, there was three, tag team matches on this night next night which will be the tag team appreciation night next week they have two tag team matches well i think they also have uh rock and roll express and uh, tolly and arn they're gonna be hanging out it's i do i died when i saw the rock express because i remember when ricky morton tweeted out like oh you know you just gotta evolve in this net and i love big dave's like see this one of the greatest workers of all time you know he even sees it i'm like dave he's a He's a wrestler. He's whoring out for money. He wants oh, a payday, yeah. bro. Yeah, he, wa- he wants to be he's, back he on the show. A, he wants to be back on the show, man. It's not. It's not. He's, he don't give a shit about but, this. But that is also part of the thinking, though, from from Morton, which is okay. If this is the style, and if we want to get booked, then we have to be okay with the style. We can't just be so hard up oh, on. Yeah, yeah. Still, this doesn't work. They're so, still working. They need yeah, to get paid in. That, yeah, that's sure. part of why they're still working is they're just like, okay, like we're going to do it your way. Like we're totally fine. We don't, you know. But I hope they do something cool though for that that segment. I hope it doesn't turn into... When's Tully and Arn been on TV sort of together, together in that... Ah, no, they haven't, huh? They've had kind of, I think they had looks like from a distance, like in the stands. I see you out there. I know you. <laughs> Maybe this will be the, for, the formation of the Mid-Atlantic Boys or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't be... God, for, for God's sakes... No Sean Spears in it. Oh, I know. It'll be like like if you want to do the Horseman eighty six, do Horseman eighty six. Don't do ninety three Horseman Paul Roma. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't say that. Uh, uh, Wade, uh, our buddy Wade, and also I think uh, Nick are, are big Roma fans. Well, I like that. Roma too, but he's not a Horseman. <laughs> you know, he's not Horseman materials. Come on, he's a young stallion. But dude, I got to dude. Before we go on any further, I got to do a quick recommendation. You want a new show to watch? A new comedy? Go for it. Deadly Draw. Monday's funniest <laughs> fucking show. You, I, I was dying. I was laughing so hard. I'm, I'm talking about like Mike Kruko, our Giants color commentator here, Samsung Giants. 
horse laughing. I was <laughs> horse laughing how bad I heard it was. was. I heard it was really bad. Oh my god! I mean, the, the only credit I would give AEW and Tony Khan is like they actually said, "No fuck, we got to put this on YouTube. No yeah. way it could be on Dynamite." Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, dude, it's so funny because it's so bad. These women suck. I'm sorry, they all suck. They don't know. I mean, is Nyla Rose is their monster, bro? She is their monster that they're like, oh, she's the monster of women's division. She sold for Ariane in the match. She's it's like, what the hell's going on with this place? Oh, I can't wait for next week. I can't wait for Monday. I'm, I'm in, dude. I'm I in can't for believe a lot. you watched it. I was curious to see what the heck they were gonna do. You know, the lethal lottery part of it. You know, I just wrote an article about lethal lottery stuff. So yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm gonna check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I saw it was like, wait, 38 minutes. I'm like, ah, eh, throw it on. And I was like, oh man, this the first match would be Brandy and you know, uh, Bunny and whoever was like so bad. I was like, oh man, I gotta watch the next one. Dude, what, what is what is Brandy's deal? Like, she's what is a heel. her character? She's just a just a stuck up heel that thinks she's the greatest, but she's not that good. And it's it's and then the promos do the best of the promos, dude. They got like that. There they they interview Taya. Tanara Conti and um, uh, Anna Jay. And then Alex Marvez asked Anna Jay, like, hey, so what's up with you in Dark Order? I don't want to talk about that right now. She is like, Anna Jay is beautiful, but she's like a, a, a wormhole of charisma, like just sucks you in. <laughs> like, she's, if, she's, you, if you see her Instagram, she's got charisma. They, they, for whatever reason, they're, you know, bringing it along the way that they are, but... She's got charisma. I don't know if she can cut a promo, but if you watch her Instagram, she's definitely got charisma. <laughs> she's wrestling charisma. She does not have, but uh, but not yet. She's still green, and and they're all green. And uh, Ariana is the best because you know she just, she doesn't know how to sell. She just gets right back up. You know she takes a move. She's cool. You know she's the same way she started the whole match. It's it's uh it's pretty funny and um it's entertaining, dude. So you should watch it if you if you want a good laugh. You know. Just so people don't think that we're only being negative on women's wrestling, I want to point out uh, Darren Daza. Daza, he wrote a really cool piece on Stardom Wrestling uh, yesterday. That was uh, his eight reasons, you know, if, if for you to get into Stardom. He just he just started watching their stuff, and right before uh, Hannah Kimura had passed away, and mm-hmm. I, I really liked the piece. Like I, I don't know how much Stardom. I'm going to be watching necessarily, but the way that he wrote it, uh, it definitely sounds intriguing. And the way that they kind of put their stables together and the way that they, they do their titles and stuff seems uh, seems pretty. Uh, I, I like the logic in a lot of in a lot of what he wrote. Yeah. I mean, we're not bagging on women's wrestling because we just put over a great match with Dakota and, and Rhea Ripley earlier. Yeah. So I think people can understand there's, you know, there's definitely a, a quality issue when it comes to the brands, the women's division. So, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, AEW needs one or two of the women to to really stand out, and I don't. They don't have that person yet. I think we thought that they did, but probably not. So I think they're they're still they still need to find whoever is going to be kind of their ace of that division. Yeah, yeah. All right. What what about you? What was one of your likes? Um, I liked. I overall, I enjoyed. The match itself between Darby Allen and, and Moxley. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Darby's intensity. I liked his, you know, I like the story they told overall. Um, the only thing I didn't like was just the f- MJF's involvement with hmm. the with the belt shot because it meant nothing. It was just almost of an annoyance, you know. I know he got bleed bled and everything, but like at the end of the day, like it did nothing to like all Moxley's gonna be mad about is like 
you got involved. It wasn't like you cost me anything, you know. Well, it was, I think it, the, it was, sto- it was, that the story it was wasn't the story that MJF wanted Darby to win so that he could face Darby instead at All Out. He did a cute little. I mean, the promo. I I put it down. I didn't like this promo. Not overall. I thought he was fine. I just, you know, I didn't mind the whole uh, presidential, you know, thing they did last week. I thought that was really good. But I don't want to see a continue of, you know, of it. You know, I mean, I want to keep. I don't want the whole thing to be about that. You know, I think he's already got his title shot, so there's nothing to really do this anymore. But um, but yeah, he made a mention like. Yeah, it might be a little easier to beat, you know, Darby than Mox or whatever. Some kind of comment like that, which which was was clever. But it just, whatever. I don't know. I I wish they didn't do this match here. I wish they did this match down the line. I think it would have meant more, you know, if Darby was definitely ready for it. And um, Darby is reckless. I know that, that, I mean, I know that's what, you know, Mox is down with it. But damn, dude, that last, you know, the blood, he, you know, he, he cuts himself for the belt for the belt shot, right? But then Darby does that. He throws his whole body into him, like backwards into Mox, and just splits his, you know, over his uh, left eyebrow, right? Just busts him up. That's where the real, all the blood came out. More, more blood came out like that. Is so that was pretty nuts, man. That was. But overall, I mean, I liked the match that they were they were telling. So I also have this in my likes, but it's not necessarily the match itself. Um, you know, I I don't know if. I would imagine Mox is uh, is a pretty big draw uh, as a champion. I think he's done a good job, and I think MJF is is a smart heel here. And I think their matchup is something that a lot of people are excited about. The problem is nobody wants to see MJF lose, and if Mox is going to put MJF over, then you sort of kick off this kind of. Um, I guess this youth movement in a sense, because MJF is so young. Now he doesn't have to hold the belt forever if he does win. But I don't know if Mox should lose here. And I know a lot of people don't want MJF to lose either. But I like the dynamic and it it is making me wonder what's going to happen. So I think that is a good mm-hmm. thing. The thing I didn't like about this match, I thought Darby's comeback sucked. I thought his offense just sucked on the comeback. He's so small when I see him next to Moxley, man. He, that really stands out. Yeah. Like uh, he I mean he did a series of moves and <clears throat> I could tell like Mox was like, "Okay, where am I supposed to be?" <laughs> like he's like oh. he's like getting into position yeah, and then yeah. he hits him with the back elbow that I think he, he probably hit him more with the shoulder than the elbow. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was a house of fire. People like Darby. I get it. I like Darby too. I just just you know, just from a uh, the the comeback that I visualize, you know, thinking of like you know Jungle Boy, which is just the mention of Jungle Boy will set some folks off. But you know, you, you watch a Bayface comeback like Jungle Boy, you go, okay, like that's a comeback. And in this one, it's just like he's just going all over the place. And I was just like, okay, like Moxley looks really uncomfortable right now, <laughs> having to to figure out what he's gonna do. Yeah, I wish I wish Darby would but pump the brakes a little bit. Cause you know, it's like, just extend your career out, man. It's yeah. like, yeah. he's, 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 that's not him, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was, I mean, I, I like that overall. All right. I will say that I didn't love Jericho and Cassidy and Bischoff, but I did think a lot of it was pretty entertaining. 
Um, seeing Eric Bischoff on AEW television uh, was kind of kind of surreal in, in a sense. Not not just because you know he's on TV, but it's like you know him and Jericho together, and mm-hmm. and him just being involved. I thought that was pretty pretty cool moment. Again, you know, as long as he's not you know used too much, well, he didn't really do much. Really, just read. The no, questions. I mean, he, yeah, he was just a, sort of a he was just there to be sort of this like you know, older guy who's, who's, who maybe, maybe some people decided that they were going to check out that segment because yeah. he was on it. Um, I knew Cassidy was going to do something. Uh, I didn't know he was going to do the, uh, old school Will, Will, uh, Farrell character, uh, at the speech debate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it was entertaining. You know, Jericho's great, you know, Jericho overselling for, you know, certain things I thought was really entertaining. Uh, we got to hear Cassidy talk, and I mean, just based off of this segment, Cassidy's got to win the match. So, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean that I would believe, I would think so. I mean, that's where it's pointing to. It's where yeah. it should go. If, it, if he doesn't, and we get a third match, I think it's pointless. But well, I'm know. thinking like if they don't get Tyson, who's Jericho working at all out? Like we may get a third match at all out. Yeah, we could get some kind of gimmick match i guess i don't know who gets thrown in the orange juice match or something <laughs> um it was this was on my wasn't on my likes or my dislikes it just was kind of there i mean i know yeah do i could just you could just see orange cassier reading his line about whatever the climate you know whatever it was <laughs> like you could just sit there you could see through his glasses and reading on this on the script on the paper um jericho i had some funny things i liked what he said some kids some good some good comments but I don't know what it is, but like I could just see him kind of smiling when he does it. Not the point where he's smiling because he's like, I'm an asshole. It's just smiling because he like he he's kind of like this is kind of cool we're doing, you know. Kind of I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I just I think he's just well. I mean, it he, he, it was just there. He is he's definitely in love with reinventing his career, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's his like his favorite thing is reinventing, and some of that is, you know, he's he sort of feels like okay. I'm not going to be that guy who buries these young guys. Like I'm going to be the guy that embraces this thing and, and helps these guys, uh, you know, put these guys over and, and work with these guys and show them. But at the same time, he feels that he's also adapting. And so I think he gets a kick out of it. Now, you know, some, some folks may, may wonder why he's necessarily uh, adapting and not pulling them more towards what his normal style is. But it's, it's, it's the, I can definitely sense, um, now I'm not watching BTE, but Paul is writing the recaps for those of us who don't want to watch it, but are interested in kind of knowing what happens. And there's definitely an anti-Jim Ross sentiment. Hmm. Not not like oh, especially saying, last week. It has to be. <laughs> well, well, not saying like Jim Ross is like not knowledgeable, but you know Jim Ross has these very consistent sayings about certain things, and and so you know they definitely make fun of it. And I wonder if Jericho. Like, because Jericho, how he grew up in wrestling is more towards what stuff that Jim Ross is saying. But Jericho's career is reinvented because of these guys and him, you know, kind of deciding to uh, change a little bit to, to, to pattern what they do. I wonder what, Je- what, what Jericho really, really thinks. Because like, I think, to some extent, he probably knows 
that the way that he was taught um, is is more fundamentally sound. But I'm sure he gets such a kick out of doing this stuff with these young dudes that he's like, yeah, you know, I maybe maybe this isn't the right way to do this, and maybe you're supposed to do it. Like, I really would like to have like a really honest conversation with him. Yeah, you know, off camera, just okay. You know, don't bullshit me here. Like, what what do you really think about that? I, I, I'm I'm really intrigued about what he would say. I'm just like I said, I'm shocked in the first match. Like I said, I think the the bat shot should have been the finish because then we have a reason for Cassie wanting a rematch and doing what he did with the orange juice coming down on Jericho. And then Jericho could be gloating about before the orange juice, gloating about, eh, we just yeah, he's I'm done with him. I don't need to wrestle him anymore. He's out of my life. I just proved I'm better than him. But even though we know he's not because he cheated to win, that's where the mm-hmm. heat is. That's where the heat is. And then Orange Cassie has a reason for his rematch. But like I said, that first match, he kicked out of the bout shot. And now he got, but then he got beat with Jericho's finish. So he got beat clean, in my opinion. So and it's, it's, I'm not really into this match as I was the, the first match. But um, I, th- I mean, I think, I think this one's going to be pretty hot for next yeah. week be- yeah. because p- people are into it. And, you know, the thing is, when I saw that rating come out, um, NXT did over 900,000, which I don't think they had done average viewers. Uh, I don't think they'd done it since maybe before mm-hmm. the, I don't know. Was, was it, was it in February, it's February March. or March? March? It was maybe it was in March, but I, I was kind of wondering, you know, what was the segment that was the one that was on fire? And I thought maybe it was Jericho and casting Bischoff because I thought, okay, maybe you bring in Bischoff and they get a little bit more of the over 50 folks to come just to see what Bischoff is doing. But I guess the hot segment or, or the one that won uh, that did the most viewers for them was the opening match like that. The, the opening match seemed like it did. Uh, it did the biggest rating of the night. And it may there may have been points of it to where it also went over a million viewers, which is actually pretty interesting. I mean, I thought I thought that that match was 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 pretty hot. But I also thought that the either Jericho and Cassidy and Bischoff or the Mox match would have been the high point. But nope, it was that opener. Yeah, I mean they kept that match moving, so I mean you couldn't really just turn away or something. But um, I don't know I, I do. That's one thing I do like about AEW. They do have. It reminds me a lot of early Nitro stuff, mm-hmm. like when something's always happening, which, which that's why it, it moves really well. Yeah. But I just I. But you know, yeah, Nitro was great in you know ninety five, ninety six, and then you know of course it got hot ninety seven with the big angle on there. You know, you know. 96 and 97 but as you know a couple years later you know you know they they these things will kind of catch up to them so i'm wondering how yeah, that's going to be book, a couple years the booking became so you know frustrating we'll see, we'll see what happens shows. here we can't we can't judge them yet you know it's but i mean one you know the whole thing is going to be based off of you know i was i was talking i was actually talking to big dave about this i was saying how you know, in in th- in two or three years, like Cody and Omega and the Bucks, they have to know that it's not going to be about them. You would because think if, if they if because if they think it's you know going to be about them, um, they're going to be unless they can somehow keep, you know, if they can somehow keep their uh whatever it is that draws people to them if they can keep that for two or three years like more power to them very very few people can do that but it's got to be about like jungle boy and mjf and darby and guys who haven't even 
yeah. you know, aren't even on TV yet. So that's the hope. That's the hope, right? I mean, yeah, we'll see. But there's also still. I mean, how old's Cody? Thirty, early thirties, right? I think he's in his mid thirties. Uh, so, you might be right. Maybe, maybe. I mean, shoot, Ric Flair with 1989. I mean, I mean, Cody's no Ric Flair, but you know, Ric Flair '89 was having great matches and still, you know. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's part of the, that's part of the problem, right? Yeah, Cody's 35. That's part of the problem, which is, you know, Rick was doing some great stuff, and if you looked at it from the business standpoint, there was a segment of the business, you mm-hmm. know, that that was solid but they were also not as popular as they were three years earlier, you know, like, so it's, it's weird when, when you look at popularity and you look at TV ratings and what works and what doesn't, because you, you think of those matches like, ah, you know, Rick and Terry and, and Rick and, and Ricky the dragon like that, that, that had to be great business. And it was like, not the greatest business as you would think that it was. Yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, I'm just, just, I'm just curious as just, to see how this plays out in a couple of years and see how they, if they can continue this momentum or, or this, their creativity to continue these stories and, and keep the show moving. And, you know, it's been, it's all who they're going to have add in the future, right? We'll see who they get in the future. And, but I still think Cody, the Bucks and Mega are going to be in pay, you know, well, Paige is still young. So, you know, they'll be around in those matches too, but we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Like that's the stuff, you know, it's going to be a long time away, but I'm, I'm really curious to see like, you know, cause like I've kind of reminds me a lot of nitro. I think like nitro, you've watched those old nitros, man. They just keep it moving and something's always happening in every segment. And you tell Tony Khan really, you know, study that too in that era, of course. So, and that's Tony Khan too. Just trust me as a young booker who, you know, you do get a moment of, burnout you know or oh yeah so it will he be at that point smart enough to say hey i'm running out of ideas i need to you know someone needs to take control of the uh the main booking and i'll still have some input but i need you know i need someone that's kind of be fresh creative mind will he be able to, to do that though we'll see plus he's got like two or three other jobs too uh okay so dislikes um the best friends have become Oh God! Channel changers to me, and it sucks because I, I I do like a lot of what Trent does, but you, we had the open, we had the hot match, you know, like you said, constant stuff going happening, and then they came back with this match, and it was more of a normal tag match. Um, I it just it just didn't really follow that well for me. Uh, and that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. Those those kind of matches that do so much. By the time another matches, it's going to be a disappointment. I'm not saying this match is great or anything. I'm just saying like it's going to leave you a little bit disappointed because you just saw twelve guys do a billion things. Yeah, and and so um, I, I I thought the match, like I said, thought the match was okay. But the best friends to me, like when I saw them on screen, <laughs> like my immediate reaction was like. Okay, if I had, you know, if I wasn't watching live, this would be something that I would skip. And that's not necessarily, you know, the the reaction that you want to have. The van stuff is super goofy, but I'm not going to be too hard on that stuff because this is like right out of like certain years of Raw and SmackDown when they did when they did good viewership. So, you know, they've done hokey stuff on those shows, too. This stuff does not play to me as a viewer. It may play to some of the younger viewers. I don't know. 
but yeah, like I just you know this this match was was okay, but when I when I see. I just had this visceral reaction to the best friends. And I was like, ah, like I wish I could just skip this match and let's go to the next segment. Yeah. Do you remember the rockers and the rock and roll express or strike force? And they came out to their mom's van <laughs> to the matches. Like, how can you get behind this team as baby faces? Like they're just, there's an ultimate dorks, I guess. Right. Like totally. And then, oh, let's you know, it's supposed to be a big heat, heat moment, the big angle. They're going to down the Ortiz and, Ortiz and Santana are destroying, you know, Trent's bombs van, and and then and then oh my gosh, you, here's best friends to, to deliver this just this fiery promo. Yeah, they and, didn't even really sell it. <laughs> yeah, they're like bored as hell. They don't care either. Like you know, they're so they're so bad. They're so overrated. I I used I used to like Trent and defend him, but I'm I'm done. I'm done with Trent. He's He's stuck in this. He wants to be stuck in this group and let him be stuck in this group. Yeah. Well, the, well, I mean, he gets a weekly paycheck. That's why he's he's okay with it. <laughs> he needs to. He needs to be doing. He should have been doing something else a long time ago. But oh well. He's, he's now he's pigeonholed. So. All right. Um, I, I imagine. Uh, I, I mean, was that on your dislike list? Yes. It was. Okay. So I'll you, go, you missed I'll a like. I had one. another like. Oh, you did a quick one. A quick one. Just a quick okay. one. I like that the next challenger for Cody is an actually AEW roster guy. Mm. I didn't want it all to be like, who's a mystery guy every week? Because it just becomes less and less special, especially when a guy like Warhorse shows up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so like, I I like the fact that, hey, mix it up and throw a challenger from the roster. And other than the execution of it, I thought I was kind of like in the hallway. Hey, I want to do a title shot. You know, I thought it could have been a little bit... I think they could have given Scorpius Sky some promo time to challenge him to really... You know, make me really want to see it just a little bit more. But I, I'm, I like that they're, like I said, just going with a, a AEW roster guy for the next challenge for TNT title. Okay, so the next dislike was uh, Matt Hardy comes out and does a segment. Uh, you know, talking about some of the young guys. Sammy Guevara interrupts it, and Sammy Guevara chucks a chair at this dude's Stupid. head. What the hell was he thinking? Not. He was not thinking. It wasn't planned this way. It was planned. To be, it probably was planned to be a chair throw, but like the, uh, you know, you hold it up and you toss it kind of throw. Maybe that's what Matt Hardy probably called because I think he wanted to get a chair shot in because, because he wants to be down and, you know, out when Sammy goes to the top rope and does his little flip dive down to the table. Yeah. But he throws it like recklessly and not safe and of course it, it busts up hard way matt hardy who probably has a concussion from it oh my god um i don't know if there's any heat with it i mean i'm sure sammy had to get heat from this a little bit the, the, the only thing i heard Dangerous. um i think brian alvarez on wrestling observer radio said that uh sammy got a talking to or i don't know he said something like that so i assume that people were pretty upset at him yeah, yeah, it was completely reckless um, and extremely dangerous. Um, and then, uh, and, and also, because Matt Hardy gets blood for real, it kind of takes away from the blood in the main event, yeah, or it exactly. makes the blood in the main event look like over overkill. Yeah, until until the <laughs> until Mox gets hard, <laughs> until Mox gets hard away, and then his blood comes out. Oh my God, what a crazy night, man! All right, so I think this one is is easy. This is an easy dislike, which is God. Reba and Big Swole. Um, 
they Reba tried to. I don't know what she was actually trying to do. Obviously, she's a wrestler. She wrestled. She is wrestled. Yeah. yeah. And Training. she was pretending that she was not a wrestler, but, but then she did wrestling moves. Yeah, stupid. And this so, whole thing was dumb. And so that that was dumb. But I thought the dumbest thing <laughs> was that Big Swole was just selling for all of these stupid moves and didn't just kill her in like no, that's seconds. Not the, that's not the dumbest thing. The dumbest thing is that Britt Breaker isn't, isn't the idea is like she doesn't you know, she doesn't want to wrestle swole, right? She doesn't, you know, she's still suspended. So the only way she, she can be unsuspended is she beats wh- whoever Reba, uh, whoever whoever Britt Baker picks to, you know, but she picks Reba or Rebel, who's not quote unquote supposed to be a wrestler. So why would you pick someone you know that she's going to win? Yeah. It's just freaking retarded from the whole get. Like, uh, you know, sorry, I shouldn't say retarded, but it's just, it was just, it was horrible, man. I, this, this should have been on Deadly Draw. Where was this at <laughs> on Deadly Draw? We've been perfect for that show. Deadly Re- Draw is like, okay, you know, Glow on Netflix is going for the freaking Emmys, right? Yeah. Deadly Draw is going for the Razzies. Like, that's their, that's their, their award. But yeah, what is going on? What, what the hell? What is with this segment? Ugh. And now we got a swole wrestling. The best part she, Batter was she was suspended. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I think yeah. My last one was just the Darby offense thing. So what else is on your dislike list? My my last was the he won a match you liked. It was the the Cody and Matt Cardona versus the Dark Order match. Not that I I, I didn't like it. I just, I just found myself rooting for the Dark Order. But come on, man! They've been job guys for so yeah. long and geeks, and now they're they're going toe to toe with Cody and. This new fresh, you know, quote unquote bay face, you know, of this, you know, fresh town on this promotion. And, you know, John Silver is just so small. I just don't believe him. It just looked goofy. I, I know Cody really has his, you know, boner to like really make everyone he wrestles, but like, dude, some people you just got to squash and beat up. And I, it would have been okay if it was this match where they just kind of, you know, destroy these guys because they're like i said they've been presented as geeks for so long and now you're now you're trying to make me believe that they're going to win this match anytime now i'm sorry what did you think of the former zack Ryder? i thought he was kind of bland in the match yeah i mean without the woo 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 you know it i mean that's kind of like his shtick that he he had his gimmick without his gimmick he's just a guy yeah it looks great you know like i said i you know i noticed a lot of the Guys aren't going to the kayfabe doctor, so <laughs> somehow he's able to get go to the kayfabe. He was doctor. sitting on the sideline for so long. Yeah, man. Yeah, so he has the he has the the tunnel to get there. So someone should be knocking on Matt Cardona's door and say, "Hey, help me out here." But um, I mean, he looks fine in wrestling. He wrestles fine. He's a good wrestler. But yeah, it maybe have been best to like cut this match down and maybe get a a little promo between these guys and before the match started, before they walked out to the, to the ring, you know, or something like that. I think that would have been, cause you know, he's here. Yay. But why, you know, yeah. do, do people know he's Cody's good friend, etc. You know, like let's, let's establish that. All right. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we got through all of our stuff here. Um, but, uh, I think that, I think that's it for this show. Now, I think uh, AEW is looking for a pretty big rating next mm-hmm. week with the Jericho Cassidy stuff. 
but who knows like because that stuff didn't work the first time like i thought i thought when fight for the fallen happened that that was going to be the biggest rated match but it absolutely wasn't so you know i don't i it's, it's so interesting to me to watch what what works with uh, this audience and not because i've told i think we said this uh either last week or the week before i'm like i am not the person who is going to know exactly what the best thing is for ratings because a lot of what AEW does, like fundamentally, I'm sort of against it and I'm more towards the style of what NXT does. And like, I think like when I watch NXT show, I was like, oh, you know what? That was the most solid, consistent show. And when I watch AEW, I'm like, okay, the peaks are so high on AEW, but then the valleys are, are low. Like there's some really bad stuff. But you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever the, the wrestling audience on, on Wednesday night, um, the AEW show is picking up steam and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why, like, I wish I knew maybe it's, they enjoy the booking or whatever, or someone's getting hot that I'm not really seeing. Cause I'm just sort of watching it every week, but I I'm, I'm really, like you said, you know, I'm interested to see kind of what they do and how they learn and how they, uh, decide what, what's the next thing to do. Um, but All Out is coming, so they have about a month to to get ready for All Out. Where's Lance Archer been? <laughs> did we another last, one. Did we last see him destroy some guys in the locker room? He threw a guy through a ceiling, and then next week we saw him. At, we saw him next week. We saw him at the front row ringside with Jake Roberts watching matches. And now we well, see I, him nowhere in this show. Yeah, Man. I mean, I th- I think I think you know I think we'll see him. I think he's got to be on. He's got to be on the pay per view. But I think it's probably one of those things where he has to either like face Dustin or QT or somebody like that because, you know, you don't want him to really squash a young guy. But I don't know. Like, like I, I mean, I, I had the same conversation with Big Dave about what, you know, how do you like, I don't like the way that they book Archer and he should be like the, the baddest guy on the heel side. But you don't even see him. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for doing this. Uh, I know it's uh, me being out of my home office and comfort zone and holding this different mic and doing it through a different computer was a little weird, but it, our, our conversation was was sort of normal. So I, I was comfortable and I wasn't thinking about my, my different environment here. But uh, yeah, so uh, we'll be back on Monday with our Sunday night, Monday morning, with our WCW review from, talk about a hell of a first half hour of a wrestling show. This WCW Saturday night was amazing. Uh, I think it's August 8th, uh, 1992. It is uh, Ron Simmons becoming the WCW heavyweight champion. So we'll talk about that show on Sunday. And I'm also going to try to get uh, Big Dave on to talk about some stuff. So we'll see if I can pull that off. But yeah, so, but for sure, you'll hear John and I on Monday talking about WCW Saturday night. So for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.